Hey there, and welcome to the Beyond Intuitive Eating Podcast with me, Beth Basham, your host. This today is a bonus episode. I decided to record a Facebook Live for my Facebook group, also named Beyond Intuitive Eating, and I felt like the information would be really helpful to share here for my podcast listeners. So you might hear me from time to time say or reference the Facebook group or invite people to comment while I was presenting and talking. You can just note that this was a live presentation and not me doing a more formal podcast. So if you can get over that, there's a lot of juicy, delicious, yummy information in this podcast episode that I know is really going to help you navigate the Halloween candy for both yourself and if you have small children in the house to help support them as well. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I believe I am live and so excited to come in to the Facebook group today and just do an impromptu live on a really... I guess, present moment topic, (laughs) considering that Halloween was just yesterday. I know a lot of homes are filled with extra candy, and whether or not you have kids at home, you may or may not be feeling that anxiety inside about how you feel in this moment with all that candy around you, again, with or without kids, or, or and, (laughs) both, you may also be feeling some strong emotions around how your kids are eating the sugar and how that may or may not impact their overall health, how it might replace some of the more nutritious foods you wish to offer your children. So in today's live, I really want to look at both how do we take care of ourselves when we're feeling a bit overwhelmed by the the holiday candy and how we can support our children as well. And As I'm talking, of course, I'm speaking about Halloween, but we are entering the holiday season and there's going to be more goodies around. And this time of year, at least according to the work that I've done with my clients, tends to be a time of year that does come with a bit more challenge when it comes to our relationship with food and also our relationship with our body. So stay tuned because in my podcast, Beyond Intuitive Eating, starting next week, I am going to be doing a three-part series on how to overcome triggering food and people through the holiday season. So this is going to be a fun episode live about Halloween candy, but I will be talking even more specifically about the entire holiday season in my podcast coming up. So just an FYI, letting you guys know about that. If you have any questions as I'm talking, please feel free to drop a comment. I'm here to interact with you live and happy to answer any questions, although I know I'm jumping in here on impromptu, so you may or may not know I'm even going live today. So if you're watching the recording, please just hit a hashtag recording and uh, let me know if you have any questions because I will follow up on those over time. Okay, so let's dive in because one of the questions I posed in the Facebook group yesterday was, how are you feeling about having more candy around? And some of you are feeling really positive and empowered, feeling really neutral, noticing that the work you've done in the intuitive eating space has really supported you feeling more neutral about candy. The fear, the anxious emotions are not here this year. Others expressed that they are feeling a bit more anxious, a bit more scared about regulating their intake. 
Neither is right or wrong. Both are wonderful. You're in the right place, whatever your emotions are about Halloween candy this year. Okay, so first and foremost, want to stress that. But I do want to speak to those of you who were feeling or are feeling a bit overwhelmed by all the holiday candy. Maybe you feel like, gosh, I don't know if I can control my intake. You know, I don't have Snickers bars around my house because I don't trust myself with Snickers bars. Yet here it is because somebody brought it into the house, whether it was a child or another family member, and I don't know if I trust myself. I'm going to eat it all. And so this is not uncommon because so many of us have lived in a culture where we just keep the bad stuff out of the house. We keep it out. So if Snickers is your thing and you'll eat a whole bag of Snickers if you were allowed to, um, you don't keep it in the house because it's like out of sight, out of mind. The only way that I can take care of myself is to keep the forbidden food away. And then when the forbidden food reenters the home, it's like we don't have like the willpower just breaks down and we don't have the resources to control our intake. This subsequently leads to a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and a lot of feelings of hopelessness that we can't either take charge of our health, take charge of our body, learn to honor our body's fullness cues naturally. Uh, We start to question, can I really be an intuitive eater? Does this really work? Okay, so if any of those thoughts are floating through your head, this is completely normal. There's not a problem here. And there is a way to start supporting this. Okay, because the truth is, is you and your children and all humans on this planet were born with the ability to self-regulate food intake. And yes, this does include exposure to more of those sweet foods, candies, cookies, etc., and so forth. And if you were or grew up in a place and time where you were told that that wasn't possible, of course, that's going to be your narrative and story. You likely have experiences to draw upon as well. You've had those moments where you eat the whole bag of candy, feel like poo, and then feel really bad about it, right? So you have these experience experiences that you've had yourself, plus you have the uh, idea from culture that says candy is bad, no one can trust themselves with sugar, sugar is addictive. All of these narratives can really build up upon our personal experience and create a really deep zone of mistrust. So one of the first things we want to look at is actually principle, one of the principles of intuitive eating, which is principle three. Now all 10 principles are meant to be practiced together. I'm just going to point out a few of the principles that may be a little bit out of alignment if you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed by the Halloween candy this year. But principle three is making peace with food. And the concept behind this principle is all about looking at food through the lens of neutrality and starting to redefine food as nourishment and not something that's right or wrong, good or bad. I don't know about you, but for so many years of my life, Halloween candy was put on a pedestal. It was put on a pedestal and it was seen as this thing we only got one time a year, so you better eat it now or you won't get your chance uh, until next year. Right. And that scarcity mindset creates an opportunity to go a little bit crazy and consume more than our body needs or even wants in the moment. Okay. So 
just setting this up, if we begin to create a more neutral playing field with all of our foods, so we create neutrality with broccoli, just as we do that Snickers bar, We it's a practice, it takes time. I mean, you have a lot of tapes running through your head that tell you most likely that that broccoli is on some level superior to the Snickers bar in terms of health, right? And while the broccoli is going to have more nutrient density, so more vitamins and minerals and fiber and things that can contribute to certain aspects of food than, let's say, the Snickers bar, neither one is right or wrong, right? There is a place in our diet, and I hate to use the word diet, but there's a place in our eating, (laughs) in our eating environment for both. Both have things to contribute into our lives, right? The Snickers bar is delicious, right? It tastes so good. Maybe you hate Snickers, replace it with a different candy or chocolate bar. And there's a place also for broccoli. Broccoli, you know, helps with digestion, makes us feel good, right? And certain other aspects. So making and creating a neutral playing field is a really good place to start. Just noticing the thoughts that come up when holiday you look at the holiday candy that's sitting in the candy bowl next to you. Do you have a story about how it's better or worse than any other food in your pantry, right? What are you saying about that food? What are you telling yourself about your ability to self-regulate your intake? Our trusting, our ability, I should say, to trust ourselves with any type of food, whether it contains sugar or not, is something that we cultivate over time, but has to start with this principle, creating that peace and that neutrality with all foods. And this does take time and it does take practice, but it can start just by cognitively being aware of some of the tapes running through our head and starting to shift that narrative and say, wait a second, maybe the Snickers bar isn't so bad. How can I look at the Snickers bar differently? The Snickers bar brings me a lot of enjoyment. It's something I enjoyed as a kid. I loved eating Snickers as a kid. Can I eat the Snickers bar right now in this moment and really be present with my Snickers bar? Remember all of the positive memories that came along with the experience of eating it? And just notice how that shifts the entire experience inside of your nervous system from this place of fear and panic to a place of presence and more calm. And when we can start to approach food from that more present, calm, regulated place by bringing more neutrality to the food itself, it actually creates a better opportunity for us to feel our fullness cues, know when we've had enough, know when to stop eating the candy, you see? So the binge and restrict cycles slowly begin to fade when we practice making peace with food. And this is going to apply to our children as well, which I am going to talk about here shortly, but it has to start with us. If we expect our kids or any other, you know, children or younger people in our lives to, if we expect them to follow through and become intuitive eaters, it has to start with us as the role model. And I am sure if you're listening to this, you'd likely agree. Our children absorb everything and they watch what we do. They don't necessarily listen to everything that we do, but they do watch and observe. And I say this with experience, right? I have a six-year-old currently and I, you know, despite the fact that I trust myself and I've, I would 
say very clearly that I am an intuitive eater. I I have been so for quite some time now. I trust myself with candy. I no longer feel the charge um, around the holidays. But the reality is that when my daughter started growing up and going trick-or-treating, there was a part of me that was really activated when she started just piling down the candy and the sweets. And you can talk to my husband. He will tell you that, yes, we had a lot of conversations about how to, quote unquote, deal with that problem. And I'm going to get to that shortly. Uh, but it is, you know, even if you do practice intuitive eating for yourself, even if you feel like really good about your own practice, we as parents or caregivers oftentimes take on a lot in terms of responsibility when it comes to how our kids are growing. You know, we have this responsibility to help them grow well and healthy. And some of the old tapes and narratives about candy being bad definitely activated me, um, especially a few years ago once we really started to get into the trick-or-treating because Halloween is filled with candy. My daughter loves candy. And we really had to look at ways to neutralize. So this goes along with the same principle, make peace with candy is not good or bad. And not only for ourselves, but also for our kids, remove that charge, remove that pedestal, take the candy off the pedestal and recognize it's just another food. And I fully understand that this might feel easier said, like it's easy to say than done. It's a practice. It's not a light switch we turn off and on. It's something that we have to observe through the lens of self-awareness and curiosity and slowly start to shift the narratives because I had my narrative shifted for myself and I had to take time to shift the narrative I had about how I fed my daughter. And I say this with 17 years of experience as a registered dietitian a master's degree in functional medicine, extensive training in the Ellen Satter Division of Responsibility, which if you don't know what that is, feel free to look it up. I will explain it here in a bit. And over 10 years of experience as an intuitive eating counselor, right? We are human. We get to have a human human experience. So I don't care how long you've been practicing intuitive eating, you still might feel activated around candy. You still might feel activated when your kids eat or don't eat. And this is all okay, okay? I think of myself as an evolving intuitive eater. There's always layers to unpeel and expose and see to help further my growth and create, you know, within myself something I can gift to my children and the next generation, right? So we're all here to do this work and collectively we're going to make a big difference and impact on the next generation when we do that. Okay, that's a little side soapbox coming back to the topic, but making peace with food is such an important part of this. So if you haven't worked on that principle or read that chapter in the book, I invite you to go back and read that. And then it plays really well into other principles in intuitive eating, which include discovering the satisfaction factor and feeling your fullness as well as coping with your emotions with kindness. For the purposes of this particular show, recording, whatever you want to call it, I'm not going to go into those principles because I really wanted to emphasize the whole piece with food today, but there is a component of emotions that we can look at. I have a lot of other videos on how to cope with our emotions with kindness, how to support ourselves with nervous system work, how to do a lot of things to listen to our fullness cues. So you can go explore those videos for sure, 
But just start with this idea that food can be neutral and learning how to trust ourselves with food has to start with creating that neutrality base first and foremost. And we may need additional support, learning how to feel our emotions, learning how to cope with our emotions with other things other than food, not that food is wrong to cope with our emotions, but these are these other layers that we can continue to grow and expand upon if we give ourselves that permission to do so. So giving ourselves permission to eat the candy and also seeing the candy as just another food is a place to start. Okay. We can also practice some mindfulness around candy. You know, this is not a rule, but if you find that you do tend to overindulge, I do invite you. And by overindulge, that's, that's going to depend on the person, but I invite you to turn off distractions, sit with the candy, allow yourself permission to eat as much as you want of it, but do so in an environment where you're not distracted where you can taste the candy with all of your senses, where you can start to tap into the body. How do I feel as I'm eating this particular food? Do memories come up? How does my body feel, my stomach, my everything, right? Like we have different sensations that can come through as, a re- as it relates to the things we're thinking, but also the food itself, And this practice of undistracted eating can help us cultivate more inner attunement to our body's needs, okay? So let's dive in and talk a little bit more about the kiddos. And even if you don't have kids, this information might help expand on what I've already shared to help you better understand yourself. Because again, kids are incredibly uh, good at self-regulation if they're given the opportunity to do so. And I grew up in a home and a time and a place where my parents trusted me to a degree, but there was still a bit of restriction, especially when it came to candy. Candy was put on a pedestal and it was considered a food that was less nutritious and, you know, less healthful. So there were some boundaries my parents placed on that. Those boundaries continued as I moved into high school, college, and after college, and I continued to see candy as like a bad thing. (laughs) You know, of course, everything in moderation, but, you know, too much of anything is bad. And there was that messaging that definitely disrupted my ability to uh, self-regulate my intake in those days before I discovered intuitive eating. So this is where we want to really lean into trusting our children, and I know that that is not always easy. And I also want to make a disclaimer here that sometimes with kids, um, sometimes with kids, we don't always have the, what was I trying to say here? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, We have this obligation, this responsibility to take care of them, and I find that that can override, at least in my personal life that can override some of the things I know to be true about their ability to be and express themselves as a complete human, including their ability to self-regulate their food intake. Okay. So um, I am trained as an intuitive eating counselor, but also I was trained extensively in Ellen Satter's division of responsibility. So I like to bring these two methods together when I look at Halloween candy for kids, because we want to start building and cultivating that trust with kids. It has to start with how we talk about and about candy and about um, the things, the those quote unquote forbidden foods at home. 
Okay. So are you saying things like, oh my gosh, I just ate way too much candy or, oh, we need to donate half of this candy because it's bad for us. Uh, or this other things that, oh, this, this candy is so nice this time of year, but we're going to have to throw it away in a week. And just notice the dialogue and the conversations you're having with your kids about candy itself. Is it putting candy on the pedestal or is it keeping it really neutral? And believe me when I say I've had to check myself a lot with this. There are things that fly out of my mouth without me even realizing it, especially when it has to do with sugary foods. Because just like any other parent, I want my child to grow healthy and strong and have the energy and capacity to, you know, go to school and be a productive little person in her own way. Um, and I have two kids. My younger one is only 16 month old. So this isn't such a thing in, in, in his world yet. But for my six year old, this has become, you know, this is what, who I'm speaking to most significantly. So we have to start with our self talk and how we are looking at not only Halloween candy, but how are we looking at candy in general over the entire course of the year? Is it a special food that they can only have at a special time? Or is it part of a part of a natural healthy diet? You know, is it offered every now and then without much explanation or without much reward? I see candy being offered as a reward for good behavior. Can we start to neutralize that throughout the entire year and say, you know what, candy is just candy. Sometimes we eat it, sometimes it's part of a meal or snack, and sometimes it's not. And you as the parent, and this is where the division of responsibility becomes the equation to to really help with the boundaries around this because this is not this is not me saying this is a free for all. You just put out the candy and let your kids eat it whenever they want to. That is not what I'm saying here. It's about creating boundaries and the boundaries as set out by the division of responsibility look like you as the caregiver get to decide what and when a particular food is offered. Hear me say that again, what and when. And the kids get to decide if they want to eat the food and how much they want to eat of it. So let's sit down for a meal. You say, uh, tonight we're having um, chicken fingers, mac and cheese, and some broccoli. Uh, You you say dinner's at 5.30, okay? The kids have to sit down at the table. I'm a strong believer in sitting down at tables without TVs on or distractions so the children can feel their fullness. They can feel and and sense how their body feels in response to eating. And then the kid gets to decide, I don't want to eat any of these chicken nuggets. I don't want to eat any of this broccoli. I just want to eat the mac and cheese. Or, you know, pick another scenario. They don't want to eat anything or they eat all of it and they're asking for more, a second, third, fourth serving. These are all things that will happen. And we as parents, I think we start to, we get too focused in on one meal or one day of food when in fact our child's nutrition is the accumulation of multiple meals over the course of multiple weeks and months. So if they eat candy for a meal, like my daughter did last night, um, we did have uh, some, I think we had macaroni and cheese actually beforehand, we went out trick-or-treating, but if we um, if we allow that recognizing that they can and will self-regulate, there has been ample research on this with kids 
who don't have other med- underlying medical conditions, I will say. But there has been a lot of research on kids and their ability to self-regulate when they're given full permission to eat the food without negative regard. So letting her eat the candy and keeping the candy out, you know, for a couple days, it's just kind of a fun time of year. Uh, but also recognizing that I get to, as the parent, decide what and when we eat, and she gets to decide if and how much. So our plan in our family is to, for the next you know, week or two, we have a lot of Halloween candy, is to offer it with meals. Like we have it and it and it might be part of this meal. It might be part of breakfast or lunch and it won't be part of dinner. But it's my decision as a parent to say, you can have a piece of candy with this meal or two or three and let my child decide how much and if she wants to eat it. And this, again, goes back to how we view candy the entire year, because if we all of a sudden put candy on a pedestal just at Hall or at Halloween, and it's always on a pedestal other times of years, other times of year, don't be surprised when your kid goes balls to the wall and eats all kinds of candy. Okay. It's going to take time for your child to self-regulate and trust themselves And you may go through a period where, and this happens with adults too, right? Where you finally give yourself permission to eat the forbidden food. And it's not uncommon that you, in some ways, eat beyond fullness, eat more than what maybe feels good in your body. And this is likely going to be the case for your kids too. Now, this can feel really scary. Ask me how I know. <laughs> because if you haven't given yourself or yourself or your children that full trust, it can be a lot to give that permission. But I promise you that over time, you will be surprised beyond belief surprised at how your child slows down their intake, starts to forget the candy even exists. And in many cases, maybe even wants to donate it themselves, right? I've heard of some families doing this thing uh, where they donate candy, right? They put it under their bed under night, and then it's replaced with a toy the next day. And I don't see this practice as wrong, but I do want to, if this you're a parent who likes to trade in your Halloween candy for some non-food item like a doll or a game or something of that nature, it's not a problem, I think it's actually kind of a fun, you know, a fun thing to do, but what is the deeper intention behind it? Are you doing it because you're afraid that your child can't self-regulate, that they're going to eat too much sugar, that they, you can't trust them or yourself, or are you doing it from a place of, you know, like we've done our candy run, we have a lot of extra in the house, you know, why don't we share the wealth with other people in the community or what have you, right? So I think it's all about the intention. Are you doing it from a place of trusting yourself and your kids? Um, Or are you doing it from a place of, I don't think I can trust myself or my kids with this quote unquote addictive sugar, okay? That's a whole nother podcast episode of it. Podcast or Facebook Live or what have you, that's a whole nother thing is about the addictive qualities of sugar. I have some very interesting thoughts about that that I'm sure you all will enjoy when the time comes. But It's important that you, at the end of the day, and this is the most important take home, and I'm going to wrap this up, you do what's comfortable for you. You know, you do what's comfortable for you. As you, as a human, as a person, 
with candy or you as a caregiver with children in the house with candy, you want to take those little baby steps to feel comfortable doing all of this, any of what I suggested today or none of it, (laughs) by first and foremost, tending to yourself and working with yourself to do the things that you're most comfortable with first. Okay. You don't have to do a complete overhaul with Halloween candy and just offer it every meal and offer it at every snack and just make it this huge thing. Again, this is not about me suggesting you make this a free for all, right? Like we're not doing that. You as the parent still get to decide what and when, and the child gets to decide if and how much, right? So that's my thought. And um, I'm sure I have more thoughts, but I'm going to end it here. I hope this was helpful for those of you who needed it. And of course, you know where to find me if you have any questions at all. All right, sending you all much love and I'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with a friend who might also benefit. And if you want even more support on your food and body journey, please check the show notes for information about my free Facebook group and private coaching opportunities. See you next time.